Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble, and as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are bringing you Life from 1999, starring Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. And this show was selected for today's stop on the Michelle Mission by those lovely ladies who love hip hop so much so that they named their podcast the Ladies Love Hip Hop Podcast. Ow. It is Summer Willow and Karen. Hey, welcome, welcome. Wow. Yes. Thank mm. you for having mm. us. Yes, yes. We are going to, <clears throat> what did you say, Karen? Dissect life. Yes, di- <laughs> to death. Dissect, Dissect life, to, life death. to death. Let's do this. Thank you for having oh, us, guys. Man. Oh, you're always welcome. You're always Absolutely. Welcome. Before we get into it, as always, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to take a moment to try and, and touch on a little bit of the feedback that we get from each and every one of you via Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and as well as on emails. Um, we got a response, Vince, in regards to our episode last week, our review of The Best Man. Yeah. With Tia Whitfield as the guest. Van Everett wrote that he enjoyed The Best Man episode. It's funny that I didn't fully realize the character Mia's shadiness <laughs> until my wife pointed it out, much like your guest Tia shined a light on it for you guys. It must be a man thing. It must be a man thing because Monica Calhoun wouldn't hurt a fly. I think it has something to do with our subconscious adherence to the good girl myths we grew up with. Yeah. Most of the women I know ain't checking for Mia's shtick. Uh. Summer, Karen, I'm sure you both are well familiar with the film The yes, Best Man. Yes, yes. And Mia, played by Monica mm-hmm, Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, were you two ladies... Do you also consider her the shadiest of the shades in this film? She's not the shadiest. Of no, the shade. I thought she was messy. Yeah, mm. messy, mm-hmm. messy, define messy. So messy for me uh, with her would probably be the fact that she uh, she played just about everybody in the movie. Mm. You know, a lot of people thought that she was like. You mentioned the good girl. The good girl. And, you know, I don't know. She just worked that to her advantage. Didn't get hurt. You know, everybody else fighting. About to throw each other off the balcony. You know? And people arguing and carrying on. And she was the only one that skated right through that. And my favorite scene is when Morris Chestnut's character is doing his vows. And they... the excellence oh, in mm-hmm. editing and they cut to her moaning and groaning <laughs> with Tay Dix's with Tay character. Dix. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Messy, like you, it was a good mess, you know? And like I said, she just, I don't know, she managed that mess very well. All right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what about you, Summer? <laughs> I don't, you know what? I just think that I mean I could I could relate to Messi, but I just think that she maybe acted a bit untouchable because of her good girl status. I don't know if it was messy as much as it was just like untouchable. You know, it's in the past. A good girl never tells. But meanwhile you got this guy coming in here with all this backstory on you and you trust that he's not gonna say anything. Mm. And instead of coming clean 
with your soon-to-be husband. It's not like one of the guests at the wedding, right? This right. isn't about, it's not called the guest at the wedding. It's the best man. Right. Yeah, yeah. So if you slept with the best man, even if it was years and years ago, like, it's the best man. You might want to say something. She just felt like, I'm untouchable. It was in the past. I'm going to leave it there. I don't know if it was just, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. I just don't think she even knew him, mm-hmm. the um, Tay Diggs, and his g- greed and his self-fulfilling prophecies and whatnot and trying to do what he wanted to do and would throw her under the bus, which he ended up doing. Just He was the messy one. Honestly, I think he mm-hmm. was the one that was messy and it all leaked out because of him. Right. So That's what I said. That's my opinion. I haven't liked Tay Diggs' character I know, since like the movie him. came out. I can't I with know, you. he's corny, okay. yo. Mm. You let him walk the streets and get his <laughs> coffee, okay? Because <laughs> you sound like you, you see him, you going to go. He got to go to Dunkin' Donuts, though. He can't go Knock to Knock him Starbucks. out. Mm. He's, kind of a, he's kind of in the category of um, when you were talking about uh, Morris Chestnut. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably a, well, he's a better actor, but. He is. But when you're saying, like, why did. Why do people continue to let Mars Chestnut act? <laughs> well, it's true. That? It's true. I just watch. I just watch. What's this? This 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 new show that just came on? Um, the, Did you watch that? Okay. You, how do I watch shows like this? You Vince? guys are hurting me. How do I watch shows like this? Over Tawana's shoulder. No. That's, that's how I watch. Like it. I saw the commercial for it. The infidel. I think is what it's I called. I was like, what kind of computer generated? Time filler nonsense is this. <laughs> He's a special agent of. He's the FBI of 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 the agency. Who? I mean, um, Morris Chestnut. Morris Chestnut. Yeah, I saw the ads for that, and I wasn't interested. A good person who was framed <laughs> no. and she's in jail. No, no, well, no, no. There's terrorism. Oh, True. God, ABC. No. I don't even know what network it's on. So it's like mm-hmm. I, I watch it on. Hulu. Wow, you actually watched that? Well, it was on. I was in the. I was with my lady. It was a night. That she, that's was what night. she wants to watch. That's what she watches. How she watches it? procedurals. <laughs> oh my! So God. I, and if I those you know days when I'm not down here working, and I'm sitting with her, that means that you know I've got to sit and watch at least one procedural. So how was it? <laughs> it was procedural. Mm, it, was, it was painful. It was, it was yes, yes. It was predictable. It was boring, and he was you know. Did he have his badge on the belt, mm. or did he have like the necklace with his swinging? Yeah, he because didn't have that's the like the real because he had undercover. The suit, so it was on the, so it was it was on on the belt. belt, and he like hood. At one point, like he stood and had his thing hands open. Yeah. on his on his on like his waist, and then the jacket opened up. Yeah. and he saw it on his belt. Whip his jacket open. No, they, no, that that. Do you tell her that I'm very serious? Yeah, like, you I'm Jim- not your friend. You got Jiminy Cricket over here on your <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to tell. No, but you know what? <laughs> Did he have one like the, the windbreaker? Did he have one the FBI windbreaker? No, yeah, that's what the that FBI on the back. No. He, or did it say FIB? <laughs> Get out. No. Did something explode and they had to run towards it? Um, that I happened. can't with y'all that not did tonight. That did happen. But what also happened was that, like, the one chick that he begrudgingly has to like team up with, mm, he begrudgingly. he takes her into like the office, and she's sitting there with this other FBI agent, and the and the the other FBI agent is running through some information, and she starts whispering to the FBI agent. She's like, "So, how long you been on the FBI?" And the, the agent, she says, about, you know, 
six years. And then she looks at her and cuts to Morris Chestnut and then cuts back. So how long have you been in love with him? Oh! No. Stop it. Oh! Just stop. You were ready to slit your wrist? But by the end, they have like grudging, a begrudging respect for one another. I didn't make it to the end because (laughs) then I went to the bathroom. Oh, and that that takes time. That was was the cue for go read a comic. All right. So, um, yeah, but I wasn't digging it. Can Morris Chestnut even play begrudging? Can he do that well? I don't know. See, here's the thing. Morris Chestnut he didn't do it well in the best Morris man. Morris Chestnut, well, in the best man, I think honestly, that's the best acting I've. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I thought he did really well. Yeah. Which one? The first. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was I was actually thinking about the second one. I liked him in the second one because mm. I like the scene um, where they're all playing cards. And well, they're all good in that one. I think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know, but um, yeah, Morris Chestnut. He, the, the, Good looking guy. Can't knock the brother. Good looking guy. And also, I will give you, I will say this. If you ever look in the dictionary and look up black don't crack. Oh, yeah. All you need is a picture of Morris Chestnut. Oh, I'm convinced. I think he's 60. (laughs) I'm convinced the only reason they made the best man holiday was to flex on the black don't right. crack stuff. Uh, you know like, what? Yeah, that's it's true. just the entire cast. Yeah, yes. that's that. true. Just preserved. It right. should have been called the like, best man preserved. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tay Diggs and Harold Pirineau are 80 years old. Oh, no. That's true. Especially Nia Harold. Long, yeah, Harold's got to be old. Nia Long, 97 years old. <laughs> Nia Long actually got on the bus with Rosa Parks. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Get out. <laughs> right, it's like the whole cast. Like, just black people just get to a point and say, you know what? I think this is my this stop. This is it right here. Yeah. I'm not getting older anymore. This is just as old I'm as good. I'm going to get. I'm, I'm with it. So, yeah. He does look He does look good. <laughs> I'm yes. scrolling. But other feedback. And trolling. Oh, yeah. So, oh, other feedback. Uh, George Kimona also said that. What's up, George? In regards to Mia, it's not shade. She was just cold blooded and calculating. Oh. Mm. I don't like all this revisionist reading. Cold blooded. <laughs> y'all really. Y'all like Monica Calhoun. I don't like this. I don't like the way this comes Y'all really had her, like, in a glass yeah. case, huh? I didn't. I, I didn't did. have her in a glass case, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know if I picked it apart. It's plexiglass. Um. <laughs> Hey, Vince. Yes. The Oscar Awards were a couple of days ago. Yes, yes, they were. <laughs> Look, this was a historic night. You, was it? You had, well, Regina King. Yes. yes. One for If Beale Street Could Talk. Yes. Ew. Actress. Ew. Yes. Um, you had Mahershala Ali. Two for. Yes. The two, two times in a row. Yeah, two in a row. This is probably, like, maybe the first time since Tom Hanks. Yeah. Two back to back. Yeah. Absolutely. Oscars. Yep. You had Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Best animated feature. Absolutely. And Ruth Carter. Yes. Ruth deserved. Carter. For black, uh, best costume design for yes. black, black Panther. Mm-hmm. And then your boy. Spike won some for Get screenplay. Down. Come on. Look best adapted, adapted screenplay. Adapted screenplay, yes. Got his first Oscar. His first, first Oscar. Com- competitive Oscar. Yes, he did. You're not. You're not excited. I'm Are not, you not entertained? I. I am. I am. I look. This. This might be the third year in a row we've talked about the Oscars. <laughs> I have been consistent with what I say about the Oscars, <laughs> and and black people winning Oscars. Okay. I am happy for Mahershala Ali 
and Regina King and Spike Lee and everybody black who won an Oscar because of the opportunities that hopefully this Oscar win opens for them. Mm -hmm. right. But as far as the Oscars being a barometer of any type of quality, I don't fuck with the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's mark that the Oscars and for, for everything that yep. just have like for, for Green Book win, like to me Green Book winning mm. the was movie slap of the year oh. was the most Oscar-y of Oscar things <laughs> yep. to ever have we have so said true. it before I'm going to say it every time it comes up the average Oscar voter is an old white guy yep. that's very true I shall now list for you oh boy the things <laughs> yes. that I want from an old white guy if I need some advice. Go. Mm, I want old white guys to help me diversify my portfolio. Word. Like, like you know, you get the TIA cleft, cleft thing from mm -hmm, work and it mm -hmm. says how they're doing the investments. So and, your investment portfolio. And your inv investment portfolio and, and you know, we're slightly aggressive and, you, and you know, and I look, read it, but I don't really understand it. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I could pick up the phone and call the average Oscar voter. I would like him to help me because we we're also talking about men. A good steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Old white guys always know where to get good steaks. Yeah, my nerves. So like I'm in, you know, I'm in like Colorado Springs. I wish I could call an Oscar voter. Say, hey, where can I get a good steak in Colorado Springs? Good one. Once a year. Mm-hmm. Go. Sometimes twice a year, I smoke cigars with my boys. Old white guys know where to get good cigars. Very nice. And finally, a twofer. <laughs> Old white guys know how to get a good $50 bourbon and a good $250 bourbon. Because they always got two. Like, it's the, like, you know, like once a week, you kind of break it out, and I'm going to drink, you know, just my my, my sipping bourbon. But right. then, like, the holiday bourbon, like like the special bottle, <laughs> they know about that, too. Right. I'm done with him. My list is now finished. He's done. He doesn't need but, any you know, of anything about Oscar advice. Know, quality movies and aesthetics and this that and everybody got all upset about green book one and i can't believe green like what else did you think these old white guys was gonna pick as the best film of the year besides green book not the black panther uh, you know what they tried to they tried to come up with a popular category for you coloreds and mm -hmm. say we was gonna have a popular Look. and they was gonna give y'all the mm -hmm. colored right. oscar and y'all said you ain't want it. Mm -hmm. So, no. I have other on my applications. Thank you. Other. What a big. Yes. So, that's, 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 that's where I was with All the right. Oscars. But I'm very happy for the opportunities that hopefully present themselves. I check that. I definitely agree. Do I you agree, agree with, with his assessment, Summer? Absolutely. They find you a good steak, Summer. Yeah, I know. They know where the good steaks are. They do. And how to um, recipes for lima beans. <laughs> oh, my mama can give me give you that. No, man. You can make I it into just, a whole meal. I, 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 go ahead. Well, I don't know. Like, I missed the Oscars as I was out, but I saw all the highlights. Yeah, that's all you and I'm, yeah, that's, And I'm happy about that. The thing about um, Regina King winning was... I think everybody felt that too, like all Generation X mm -hmm. who grew up watching her as Brenda. 
That's right. Brenda Jenkins? Come along. <laughs> and she represented, especially, you know, young black women that grew up with within the two-parent household, you know, with uh, overbearing mom. Mm-hmm. She represented that character very, very well. And then she transitioned Brenda Jenkins into, you know, Jenkins. some of these hood movies. Uh, one of them being Friday and yes. mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood, right? Yeah, Boys yeah, in the Hood because right. she had the... She had the box braids. And she yes. drank his whole 40. She yes. told him, you better go get me yes. another 40. Yes. So, and she transitioned that well, as well as um, the movie with her and Janet Jackson. Poetic uh, Justice. Yes, Poetic, Poetic Justice. Justice. She's the so, best actor in that movie. Yes. So she... <laughs> she was? I mean, Tupac's in it, too. So yeah. Tupac was good. Right, but, so that's not, you know. But Regina was... I mean, yeah, she was better. I mean, Regina, it was a low bar when it's Janet right, Jackson, right, right. Guy Tory. Joe Tory. Joe, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Joe. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Because guys, maybe a step above yeah. Joe. So Joe Tory mm-hmm. and Tupac and, and and Regina. So Right. So like I said, that was just a big win, I felt like, for Generation X and you know, oh, yeah. all of us coming up to watch somebody blossom right before our eyes and then she didn't do the child actor thing, which was, you know, fall off. Right. Terribly and all that good stuff. So she's made a consistent name for herself and her brand speaks for itself. I just think the brand of many black actors could speak for itself. It was allowed. I mean, in the mainstream. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not saying we don't do our thing, but it's just like there's so many great actors and, you know, directors and writers Mm -hmm. of color. Yes specifically black who they just don't get an opportunity so it's kind of like why this is why i agree with lynn it's like thanks for the oscar we appreciate it but like there are there's a backlog of oscars that need to be given out um and awards period just just recognition at all and i i do sometimes fall on the other side of the line where it's like why aren't we doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, there's I very agree. or Why are we doing what awarding? <clears throat> awarding. Well, you have. I mean, we do, but what I'm saying is we don't the measurement, right? And 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 we don't support black award shows nope. in the way that would take it to an Oscar level, right? That's all I'm saying. So. This is another conversation, but I, I just I just feel like it's about the opportunity. And there are a lot of directors and, you know, movie makers, movie houses or whatever, and people who can make better decisions for black actors, and they don't. So I'm glad that people get recognized for good things that they do. But it's it's, it's just not a valid measurement of our talent, the Oscars. It's not. I wonder if the Black Film Institute, because I know they hold a festival every year. I wonder right. if they have any type of awards. I don't think they have any type of awards. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure they do, and, and certainly there are Black awards. But but it's it's sort of like the Oscars have this this social cachet. Mm-hmm. Well, because of the because, the Academy because of, of, of what it is. But you know, ultimately. What it comes down to, like I was joking before, but but I mean that's that's dead. That's dead serious. I think part of of white privilege is that your opinion 
somehow defaults to this mm-hmm. almost objective mm. judgment. Mm-hmm. Like, because I am white, because I am a man, my judgment is not colored by my background. Whereas everybody else is like, oh, well, well, you know, you just like that because women like it or you just like it because, you know, you're gay or you just like it because you're black. But it's that invisibility that comes with your white maleness mm-hmm. that somehow <clears throat> this is supposed to be, again, this ultimate this ultimate judgment of quality gotcha right. as opposed to no this is just this group of people right. mm-hmm. and what they liked mm-hmm. like you know if it's up to me uh you know a nika noni rose is gonna win awards every year <laughs> for anything and you know at some point someone's gonna say well i think vince just likes a nika noni <laughs> rose as opposed to oh well she must be the exemplar of talent right which she is, of course. <laughs> but of course. I'm just saying, yes. mm-hmm. people would say, oh, well, Vince must have some affinity for her, as opposed to, you, you know, these period pieces and then these kind of very simplistic race fables. Mm-hmm. We're not just going <laughs> to call fables. them. Well, you know, old white guys mm-hmm. are more comfortable with this. Right. So they like it. Yeah. Yep. So. For those who may have missed it, speaking of fables, the Michelle Mission, we were featured in the Philadelphia Tribune. Yay! Congratulations! The new Next, the Michelle Mission takes listeners out of this world by Bobby Booker, was featured in the Philadelphia Tribune this past Friday, and is up online at phillytrib.com. We have a link on our Facebook page as well as on Twitter. There's a link. Markham Lee read it. Um, Well, first, Catrice Greer said it was cool. It was a great article. Thank you, John Calvin Shivers says, I love it. Congratulations. Thank you, John. Markham Lee says, congrats. Love seeing y'all get some shine. Thank you, Markham. However, Uh speaking specifically about the picture of us (laughs) that is in the uh, article. Why does Vince, I mean Dr. Williams, <laughs> look like he j- just let out a disappointed sigh? <sighs> Black people make me tired sometimes. Uh, uh. I'm oftentimes le- letting out sighs and I'm oftentimes disappointed. Man, you do not know the self-control <laughs> that I practice in not memeing the hell out of that picture. Because you oh do gosh. have a look like, oh, Lord. Especially because I'm sitting there with a big dumb smile. <laughs> so you look like you're totally exasperated by me. Of and course just, not. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I mean, dude, your, your face is like literally says, this nigga. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to see this. Look, it's right here. I've got the I've got the picture right there. I disagree with this reading of that mm. picture. Look at that face. <laughs> look at look at that constipated Vince. face. On I disagree. You could mean, oh my god, I was right. So many memes. Right? I was happy. You were not happy. I was happy. You look constipated. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> not constipated. I, I was disappointed. Which is a state of unhappiness. Which is a, st- a very specific state of unhappiness. Yeah. No way. Well, thank you, Markham, for for reading it. 
crazy all right ladies and gentlemen um thank you each and every one of yes, you. yes yes absolutely all the feedback we really appreciate it uh it is time the time is yes time for us to get into life let's get into it we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages This is the Mississippi State Correctional Institution, where you lose your freedom, where you do hard time. There is no escaping from here. There is no recreation here. There is no fun here. But all of that is about to change. Life! What the hell you mean? Life? Hell no, I ain't doing no life. I'm going back to my cell. It's a mistrial. I blame you for everything, Ray. Hey, boss, he ain't working. You gonna eat your cornbread. You can't have my cornbread. I'm from New York City. It's gonna be consequences and repercussions. I told you what my plan was. You gonna tell me what your plan is. What you working on? One of y'all wanna help me draw my back? We gotta get out of here. You call us a map? Don't tell me you don't know where we're going. New York City! This April. Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence are getting all there is. Out of life. You gonna make me fall off this talking to your ass. Every time you start talking, I almost fall. Will you die? Will you stop? Just don't say nothing else to me. You about to make me fall, right? Just hold still and don't say nothing. Oh, damn, one of my toes in the bottle, Ray. <laughs> Life from 1999, starring Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, and in a rare, I was actually surprised by this, a rare third billing Oba Babatunde. Written by Robert Ramsey and Matthew Stone, directed by Ted Demi, in 1932, two strangers are wrongfully convicted and develop a strong friendship in prison that lasts them through the 20th century. Life was brought to us today by Karen and Summer Willow of the Ladies Love Hip Hop Podcast. And, and I'm... I'm I'm curious, which one of you selected Karen? <laughs> Karen, oh, okay. life was your selection. Yes, all right. I, yes. So, so why life, and what does this m- movie mean for you? Um, so I was talking to Summer about it, and I let her know that um, when that movie came out, me and my friend, who at the time, um, when I was an undergrad. We were always talking about Eddie Murphy, the talents of Eddie Murphy and Martin. And we could not believe that they were actually doing a movie together. Mm-hmm. So we were hype, mm-hmm. hype about them collaborating. Okay. So we went to go see it at 69th Street and we were just ecstatic about it. Yes, ecstatic, <laughs> as Mike Tyson would say. So, and I have watched it over the years, and I don't know about you guys. I know you guys are, you know, movie buffs and everything, but 
I don't know how you guys like look at movies, but I noticed that when I look at a movie when I'm younger, like my focus and comprehension is different. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you may look at a movie in your 30s and you see it totally different. Sure. And then now in my 40s, um, I see the movie totally different, understanding the concepts of, you know, film and uh, certain tropes and stereotypes and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. each time I watch a movie that I loved, I see it totally different. Right. You know, so um, and because you guys didn't talk about life. I said, well, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so watching it now, mm-hmm. w- well, how do you think your your gaze on the movie changed um, from your 20s to your 30s? Right. And, and then as opposed to watching it now in your 40s. So in the 20s. Which I would have never pegged you for. Let me just put it out there. <laughs> right there on this audio comment. Once again, <laughs> black don't crack. I don't even try and guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud. I am proud. You know know how you find out though. It's it's really what kind of music do they like? Yeah, that's true. But you know, she. I mean, hell, I don't know. You mean shit? You're seventy. I don't know. How old are you? Yeah, baby. You're twenty. Let me pull the change out my bra for you. I never know how old black people (laughs) are. Sixty-nine. You know. Oh man. So, like I said, in my twenties, I was hype about the movie, Mm -hmm. right? So I might have saw it with rose-colored glasses and, you know, just waiting to laugh, laugh, laugh. And I remember actually walking out. I was like, wow, this movie wasn't, like, belly, belly laughing, you know, like, constant laughing. Right. Right. It wasn't like that. So I was like, hmm, you know. But I still, like I said, throughout the years, I watched it. And now in my 40s, my comprehension is so different Mm -hmm. of it, you know, and what... I believe the movie um, was trying to convey and Summer and I was talking about this, you know, it's a lot of messages in the movie. Mm -hmm. And um, there was something that I thought that was very interesting about life, which was there was times for a white savior, but the white savior never developed. Oh, right. So the white savior was never the focus of this film, which it, I mean, it was part of, you know, they were like the backdrop. They weren't the main focus. They didn't get the credit. What Barely happened there. was they were there. They almost could have helped them get out, mm-hmm. but it never happened. Right. They were the ones responsible for their freedom mm-hmm. by cleverly, you know, coming up with a plan. Right. But like I said, there were times for White Hope, which was the warden, you know, and he was fit enough to release them, and then he died. Right. Right. And that's what I'm saying, like the white hope in that movie, it really showed the complexities of white supremacy, racism, Jim Crow, everything in that movie. So, I I mean, I can go on and on. So, like I said, my comprehension is totally different. And I see the movie um, in so just so differently, you know, where are you coming at the movie from Summer? Um, <clears throat> I didn't like it when I first saw it. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I, I was telling Karen um, when it came out. So I went to Westchester University. Um, and there were just a slew of racial incidents that I had gone through. And, I mean, I was black student union president. And... You know, I was just really not here for that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see slaves. I didn't want to see people locked up. Um, 
And then I definitely didn't want to put comedy with it to make it a joke. Gotcha. Right. Um, so when I went to see it, the guy I was dating at the time, I, I just graduated from college. Um, he was, you know, I'm different. Let's just put it that way. And he was just like, oh, this is so good and everything. And I fell asleep. And I was at 69th Street, too. <laughs> I fell asleep. And he woke me up before it was over and was like, let's go. And I was not sad about leaving. I mean, so I just. So you fell asleep out of boredom? You were bored by them? I was or was bored. that a protest? It probably was a little bit of both. Okay. I was I was definitely bored. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and I just, I, I didn't want to like it. Okay. Okay. Um, so then when Karen picked the movie, I didn't protest Karen, but I was just like, oh, I got to watch this again because I know I hated it when I watched it. Oh, wow. So you hadn't seen it since then? No. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Mm-mm. And I mean, I had friends who would cut it on and yeah. I'm, I'm out. Right. Like, right. I'm right. not I'm not watching it. Um, And I have a different spin on comedy anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't I don't I did like Def Jam. Deaf comedy jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was it for black comedy. I just I'm dry like that. So um, I watched it again and I was on the floor. Really? I watched it last week, um, and I was just so like, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. And again, my um, like Karen said, my taste has been expanded. My knowledge has been expanded. I've gone through a lot more. I could see it for what it was. I can get all the messages. I mean, all the messages. There were mm-hmm. tons of messages in this movie. Um, and I've learned to appreciate how we tell a story um, because many of our stories are not funny. Right. Very true. So I appreciated that. And I actually, I can say I like the movie now. I've been converted. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. Welcome to the church of Karen Jones. Well, (laughs) give me your poor, your infirm. (laughs) Vince, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of the same way with this. I, I think. Who summer or really both of you? Okay, really both of you because I think what is is fascinating in telling about what both of you said was that there is this hesitation that you have to embrace it as a comedy full stop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because there is this real darkness underneath it. Mm-hmm. And and this is a film that makes me wish that Jerry Lewis had actually released The Day the Clown Cried. Oh, yeah. Which is his infamous project where he played a clown in a concentration camp. Mm. And just that, you, you know, that stark dichotomy between, you know, comedy and tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that this film does such a masterful job walking that fine yes, line. Yes, yes. Where mm-hmm. you have this this cast, because it, it almost... Like, it almost feels like you don't want to stop with starring Eddie Murphy and Martin, Martin Lawrence. Because, you know, Bernie Mac is yes. you, you mentioned Oba Bubba Tunde. Mm-hmm. Mike, Michael, uh, Miguel Nunez yes. is great mm-hmm. here. Uh, this is the first role that I saw Bokeem Woodbine where I said, 
oh, he's doing really interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Anthony Anderson is mm-hmm. in here for a moment. You know, Bernie Mac. Like, did I say Bernie Mac already? Bernie. Mm-hmm. Bernie Mac. Like, this is a great ensemble. Yes. And and there are la- and 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 frankly, I think and, and you and I have talked about this where 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 we talk about the great Eddie Murphy films. Mm-hmm. And I think this is very much if not the one of the last Eddie Murphy masterpieces. And and Eddie Murphy is at the height of his comedic powers. Like Eddie Murphy is on fire comedically throughout this mm-hmm. film. He and Martin Lawrence have this wonderful chemistry. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. and That's this true. is and this is a speed that you don't often see Martin Lawrence in. I think right. Martin Lawrence, once he became a star, capital S, said, I'm the star. Mm-hmm. But I love the way he calibrates his speed. Yep. To match Eddie Murphy's speed yeah. in here. And 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 you get the sense that Martin Lawrence understands that, yes, I am Martin Lawrence, mm-hmm. but this is the master. So I have to play my role with the master. And he talks about that, too. He talked about the fact that he was um, very like anxious and kind of scared to work with Eddie Murphy. Like yeah. He wanted to work with him. But I believe that was their first time working together. You know, it's a major film. Right. Well, I think well, it was, it was after Boomerang. They were in Boomerang. Mm-hmm. They were? Yeah. 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 That was first? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Bye. No. <laughs> okay. No, but, but, but he did. No, he did mention. Was, he did mention as a, a co-lead. Right, as a right. co-lead. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was. Huge, yeah. He did talk about that. The you know the anxiousness behind it, and you know just working along. Um, not just only Eddie Murphy. All of the you know, like you said, this was an all-star ensemble cast. Yeah. And you know he he mentions that yeah. you know. But but it's dark. This is a pitch. Mm-hmm black film if you think about it longer yes than 10 sec- like like there are like there are these wonderful moments that kick you right in the stomach mm-hmm. and it let you know like like i think about the guard who says you know oh well we got 40 years of you know the state of mississippi got 40 years of labor out of them mm-hmm. yep or you know that yeah. that that sequence where martin lawrence sees how much time has passed yes. and he sees you know how mm-hmm. everything has changed and and i just again i think it is a masterpiece mm-hmm. of tone of balancing the tone so i'm i'm uh, but just to end where you were, this is also not a film I watch that often. Mm-hmm. Like this may be my third time watching this from beginning to end. Okay, because it is a hard film for me to mm-hmm. watch. Okay, See, that's interesting. Like I don't find it hard to watch, which surprises me because of its setting. You know, they're this chain gang in the mm-hmm. early part of the 20th century, and it's supposed to be real oppressive and like yeah they they're sweating and it looks like they they may have a slight odor to them and yet <laughs> they still got conk in their hair <laughs> they their line is trimmed the hell up yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so and some of their dialogue comes off a little uh a, a little more um uh, 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 conventional 
or of of today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I've always felt that about the movie, okay. which was fine because I know it's supposed to it's supposed to be loosely a period piece. They, right. They reminding you like yo, we're set in this prison. Mm-hmm. It's a bad time, but it's almost like yo, this is life the musical. So it's still going to be kind of like a little <laughs> life the musical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I so I ride with it on 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 that level. So that makes me say, okay. So, you know, somewhere there's clippers. I'm going to buy it. I'm just going <laughs> to roll with it. Right. You know what I'm somewhere. saying? Um and I'm forgiving about that because like you, we've always talked about Vince is that if the movie is the energy and everybody you can see them working at the top of their game Mm -hmm. you'll forgive Mm -hmm. some things right Mm -hmm. and i forgive that because eddie murphy is popping in this movie Mm -hmm. and he is actually as funny as he is i think he's doing his best work dramatically Mm -hmm. in this movie Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. there's the scene where he sits with uh, miguel nunez because miguel nunez just got the letter that's the scene i I wanted to talk about yeah he's about to be released like that whole scene right there, first Ooh, of all, that gets Miguel me every Nunez time. is an actor that you, if you are in a scene with him, you best be bringing your A game. Yeah. Yeah. You best be bringing yeah. your A game because he is a boy that, no, did he ever rise to superstar heights? No. But there's a reason why that man has never missed a meal right. because he is a Banging, mm-hmm. working. Yes, actor. he is. Put him in a drama. Put him in a comedy. It yep. don't matter. He gonna do work. Okay. Yes. You gonna be next to me? You best do work, son. Don't come in here sugarfooting. <laughs> so okay. Eddie sat down on that on that porch, and Eddie and you could almost see Eddie like like dude like. Oh, we acting. Right, okay. right, mm-hmm. right. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Let me let me get in my bag a little bit. And show you what I can do, young mm-hmm. boy. Right, right. And then they just percolate, man. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And like you said, Karen, that scene, if that scene doesn't like the tears starts forming the second he sits down and you look at Miguel Nunez's face. Yep. Because it's all right there. You're like, I don't know what's wrong, but something is messed up with mm-hmm. this brother. Tell me, man. Tell me. Cause like, oh my God, man. But that's how bad Eddie is in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how popping he is in mm-hmm. this movie. Martin Lawrence. For the most part, he's being Martin Lawrence in this movie, but he is deferential to Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's deferential to other comedians, you know, like Bernie Mac mm-hmm. in, in this, who's a comedian's comedian, even at this time. Mm-hmm. And he's surrounded by these great actors like Miguel Nunez, Obabanda Babatunde, Ned Beatty, one mm-hmm. of my favorite character yeah. actors. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. So he's surrounded Dexter. by those boys. So he realized, yeah. <laughs> so he so he realized that he got it like, all right, I want to be Martin Lawrence. But I got, I, you know. Yeah, I, he did tone it down. I, 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 and when I, you think about I, I, what his character was, yeah. the character name was Clyde. Claude. 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 How yeah. can you sit up here and be anything, you know? True. True that. But a Claude. That's yeah. true. That. True that. True that. <laughs> there was some time, There was sometimes where his character. I wasn't sure what his character was supposed to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there was sometimes he comes off like he's mousy. You know, like real mousy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And yet then he goes into the white restaurant. And all of a sudden, he all swollen the chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that read a little false to me. Yeah, well, me too, actually. Maybe I thought it was that New York 
thing. That's I what about I was to about say, to but say. But New York, I think they're not understanding that they were New Yorkers. Yeah, they not, didn't understand right, and underestimating. Yeah, because yeah. you know that's what. Sadly, that's what happened with Emmett Till. Yeah. He was from Chicago. His mother told him, "Don't do it." He goes down south, thinking the same relationship, you know, in Chicago with whites is the same down south, right. and it's not. And these local yokels down here, mm-hmm. yeah. Like the way he felt like he could talk to that woman, yeah. You know, the way you can talk to women in the north is not the same in the south, you know. Although there's no real payoff with Claude, no. Yeah. Like like Ray, you understand him getting taken by the <laughs> great Clarence Williams. It, it, it's, it, oh, I was yes. like, we get like oh, that's a, a good scene of too. Williams the third. I love that scene. But they've set up that he's so arrogant mm-hmm. that, of course, he's going to lose everything in a mm-hmm. card game and get cheated. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's the part I liked about the film because, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you all have, have experienced this where you have met, uh, you know, maybe a native New Yorker mm-hmm. and they swear everything below mm-hmm. New York is yes. slow and everybody's oh, stupid and stuff like that. So what I loved about it was the fact that, you know, he's the city slicker. You know, he's a hustler, all of that. He goes down south and gets, both of them get taken. You know, uh, Martin Lawrence's character, Claude, gets taken by the woman. Um, I can't remember her name. At Lisa Nicole Carson. Yes, oh Sylvia. My God. Yes. How do you not remember Lisa Nicole Carson? She's name? not a man. <laughs> I actually have in my notes her entire government name, I believe, is Lisa Nicole Carson. Lord have mercy. Oh, it is. I see it on Goodbye. Yeah. Lisa Nicole Carson. Goodbye. Lord have mercy. Oh, man. And then, you know, <laughs> Eddie Murphy's character gets played by everybody at their table. So that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you underestimate mm-hmm. folks and look what happens. Yeah. That, that's a message. That's what I was going to say. That was message. one of the many, many, many subtle, not even subtle, but messages in this movie. I mean, I, when I watched it this time, I had... I had a paper and pen, but I didn't need it because it just all of it resonated with mm-hmm. me. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that I haven't been to prison, but I mean, I've experienced people going to prison. I've mm. experienced right. people spending a long time in prison and coming out right. like, uh, what, huh? Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I've experienced people going to prison wrongfully. Um, and just like, just to state on that part, um, how Martin had this job he was getting ready to start. Uh, Martin, I'm sorry, Claude. Right. Had this job he was getting ready to start, and he was really, like, excited about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just making, you know, that whole being in the wrong place at the wrong time idea mm-hmm. and how, you know, he got swindled a bit by um, Eddie Murphy's character. But just the idea that he had so much to live for. Mm-hmm. Right. And he didn't do a fucking thing. And it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. It was just all gone. And then now it's all jokes. And it's like, for me, that's where I just was like, no. I don't know if I could watch this. Because now you want me to watch. That was a small part. That was the beginning. The small beginning of the movie. So the rest of the movie is me watching this guy do life for nothing? Mm-hmm. Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, one of the things that I made note of, so so this film is 148 minutes. You know, it's <laughs> right at 150 minutes. Mm-hmm. And they spend time, you know, at one point they say 12 years have passed, but, you know, back to apparently the theme of the episode, Black Don't Crack, mm-hmm. no one looks any older. 
Like they say 12 years have mm -hmm. passed, but no one looks any older. It is an hour and 15 minutes into the film before they age significantly. Yeah. So that on a on a visceral level, mm -hmm. you get the sense that time has passed. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, you know, back to the first thing I said, like like they're making this film standing over the abyss of the reality of this film. I feel like they held off as long as they could mm -hmm. before they got to that point for the reasons you're saying. Mm -hmm. Because it is, it is it's terrible. You know what? It gave me, and this might sound really strange, but it gave me a little bit of a smile about maybe during that time, 99, that's a long time ago, but prison mm -hmm. and relationships in prison and how, I mean, you know, it boggles my mind how people always focus on um, minority thoughts. Like, you know, you go to prison, you're going to be yay. Like, no, that's not true. You know, right. you could go to prison for a long period of time and just basically make friends. Like, right. this is life. Like, it was a double entendre for me. It was like, you got life and this is your life. Mm -hmm. So they showed right. you what it looks like to be in prison. Right. And just to see the dynamic of, you know, how they interacted with each other and everybody had their own um, story, some of them lies, yeah, you know, yeah. just to um, protect themselves. But then mm. ultimately you're there so long, you open up and your friend, you know, he's reading everybody's letters. And, you know, it was just like, it made me feel like, and I don't mean this, but these are the only words I could come with right now, but that prison isn't that bad. And I mean it to say that even though they're locked up, they're still alive. Right. So... Right there has to be some sort of value created when you're in a situation like that. Well, what it, what it showed to me, and especially it was interesting because I was, I was reading um, another review and I was reading uh, Robert, uh, Roger Ebert's review mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from 1999 of the film. And he wrote that, uh, let me see, he said, uh, blah, 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 uh, 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 the result is that the film that almost seems... It, the result is a film that almost seems nostalgic about what must have been a brutal mm -hmm. existence. Right. When was the last time that a movie made prison seem almost pleasant? Right. And I think that speaks to your point because life is what you make it. Mm -hmm. There's so many prison movies, you know, s since the, the beginning of the film industry that have shown you what prison is life whether or not you're breaking rocks or mm -hmm. you're you know, on a chain gang or right. whatever and you know maybe you've been turned gay mm -hmm. or nasty and sweaty or wearing the garbs and everything like that but some of the but then but then there are those other movies um i'm thinking about uh oh man what what's that movie um lethal weapon 2 <laughs> no vince <laughs> Um, it's a Burt Reynolds movie that Chris Rock remade about Lethal the, Weapon the playing football. Um, the Longest Yard is what the longest you're talking yard. about. The Longest Yard, <laughs> which gives you like a, a more a more of you know a side of prison where prison is what you make it. There are other things you know, like yeah, you you've got to do some drudgery, but there are other moments of in time in prison, and you're either just going to. Make it a, of it what you will, or you're not. The the scene in this movie that really like popped it, like brought it home to me, was you've always seen the guys playing football or baseball, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Doing right. it in this 
this movie. But then Anthony Anderson is grilling. He's on a grill. And the right, booze look won. good. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little loop for me. I was yeah. like, what? But but it was it's what it you know what that was? Mm-hmm. That was the scene from Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. where the guys right. are drinking beer mm-hmm. on the roof. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It, that's all that really was. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So because this movie is filled with those mo- moments. Right. That's those you all you get are those moments. moments. Right. 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 Which which is why they are able to get away with <laughs> being as comedic as they are. And they exactly. don't go over the top with it because if they went over the top, then it would be disrespectful right. there you go. to this actual situation. Right. That and that's what I was thinking when I saw it the first time. I'm right. like, this is not funny. Like I felt right. like it was disrespectful to do something like this. And I didn't watch it. But after watching it, I'm like, you know what? You put it you know, very eloquently that... You're in prison, you know, it is what it is, but there are still these moments in time where you're either going to choose to live mm-hmm. and create some semblance of value or happiness or whatever. Right, right. Or you're going to, you know, kind of crumble under the weight of it. The all. weight of it. Right. Yeah. Right. And it and it felt to me like um this was just showing that that side does exist, that side of making the best of a life sentence or making the best of being locked up at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Because one thing I do know is, you know, the guys in my neighborhood that would come back from, from prison or, you know, even just being in jail. Right. There was camaraderie there. They had to look out for one another. Oh, they yeah. had to, you know, they had all the stories and, you know, they were, yes, happy to be home, but they were confused. They were perplexed about what was going on in the mm-hmm. world. They didn't know how to socialize, but they had each other. And I and I understand why. Um, what's his name? Nunez didn't yeah. want to go home. Biscuit. Right. Biscuit. I mean yeah. that that whole situation there about you know just being accepted for being gay and um, you know just not knowing what you're going to face when you get out of here and am I yeah. safe? And you know what a lot of the LGBT community faces today. You know just walking down the street. You know right. and it's just like. That hit home for me that he would rather die. Yep. Yeah. Than be. That's what I think out there kind of made you know. What I liked about it too was that was a touch point in history about you know the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community because a lot of movies, especially black movies, don't expose that you know that side mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like I said, it was a small caption of it. But it was very powerful. Like Silver said, you know, the person would rather die than to go back home. And he, if I'm not mistaken, he mentioned his mom. Yes. That's the number one person. Yeah. You know, she went in one way, you know, probably under yeah. another. That, yeah, because that, that's the sense. You you got the sense that he didn't go in to prison. Right, again. right, right. Or he didn't he, go in. He to did. He, out. That's what it was. Yeah. That's oh, what it was. Okay. Right. I got that's the what sense I'm thinking. he was always gay. Yes, oh. me but, too. You know, me too. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. I've got the sense that he was always gay and he could be more of himself in right. prison and accepted. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the time and the era, you know, and the fact that, because I always crack up when I hear people say, um, you know, like right now, is there so much gayness? And I'm like, do you really know your history? Mm. You know? The answer is no. <laughs> Because I'm like, they haven't read many books. They haven't read many books. I'm like, if you go way back, 
number one place, Greece. You know, it was just like, I'm, well, I'm, I'm basically saying it's, it's a lot to that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, the, for the be a black movie that had a small touch point, you know, I, I found that to be commendable, especially at that time, because, you know, we are the ladies that love hip hop. And so we're not talk about this, you know, the gay bashing in hip hop, the the homophobia in hip hop that's still prevalent, as well as the hyper masculinity, mm-hmm. you know, right. um, that that expose right there, because um, Miguel Nunez, he took a chance with that character, too, mm-hmm. you know, because anytime you do anything outside the box of masculinity in the black male community you are pegged that for the rest of your life and that wasn't his only um role right that was you know right because like bull smith for a lot of men you know he couldn't shake off um what oh, is it six, six degrees, degrees of separation, separation. Yeah. like mm-hmm. there were so many men that you know i talked to family members they was just convinced like no from that moment on <laughs> that that was like no yeah that was great acting that's what it was that thank you but and, and to piggyback that i think it's also commendable that miguel nunez's character was not a joke Right, like yeah. a punchline yep. like like he was a fully realized yes. character yep and and I, I, I think across the board, mm-hmm. like like you know, we it's a joke, it's a ranger. Like we always talk about, you know, you gonna eat your cornbread, right? Mm-hmm. But that character, like all of the characters, were humanized. Like yep. these weren't just stock figures yep. thrown into jail. They all had these moments of humanity, mm-hmm. including the trustee, yeah, who's this sort of you know kind of bootlick shucking job, but. <laughs> Back to which, which you know, I think we were all sort of gravitating to it because it's one of the great scenes in the film. He hesitates to shoot Miguel. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's this great snapshot of humanity with Mm -hmm. him as well because they you see his face change too. To know each like they're you know they're a community. They're on this island. Yeah. Yep. So and another another touchstone about that scene is like. <clears throat> his character, you know, Biscuit is fully formed. Right. Mm-hmm. He's never the punchline. Mm-hmm. Right. But neither is ever his relationship with Jingling. Right. Nope. There is it's it's just it's just accepted. It's just there. It's what it is. Right. Um which is why it resonates so much that after he's shot, yeah, it's the one time Jingling kind of like mm. stands up. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. And just as as a Oh, um, no, y'all didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he just he just walks. Yes, over to him, and then and it's and it's beautiful that, yes. you, that the camera just like cranes out <laughs> yep. of that shot yeah. because that's all you that's need. All you need to say. Yeah. That's all you need, man. Um, and it's that was good. It, it, like the their encapsulate their, their relationship right there. Yeah. yeah, that was some that was some good stuff mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and it's it's telling. You know, for all the homophobia and hip hop and stuff, how many you know of those knuckleheads, you know, check for this movie? Mm-hmm. And, and I bet they don't even realize what they just saw right. in front of them in right. that scene, right. yep. like this you know? loving relationship. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, they saw it. It's just peer pressure. Yeah. Now, <laughs> <laughs> life is it. hilarious. Oh, yes. like I feel like let's be clear. Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, <laughs> oh, yes, you know. There are consequences. There will be consequences 
in repercussions. repercussions. Absolutely. What's a repercussion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that thing is good. Eddie oh, Murphy man. is so funny in this movie. And you can tell, like, soft. I know. I maintain if you say watch one more that time. Eddie Murphy in black films, as opposed to his crossover work, mm-hmm. you get an All entirely Eddie. different Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Thank you. Mm, and like like he, like he is enjoy, like yes. the mm-hmm. joy that he has yep. when he is in yes. all, all black cast. Yes, 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 yes. Is speak is on it. Palpable. Mm-hmm. And it is all like Eddie Murphy is having so much fun making this film. Yep. And it's it it's contagious. And the cast is have it's funny because by my read, Eddie Murphy is having a ball making it, and the rest of the cast <laughs> is having a ball being in a movie with, with Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe I'm in this movie with Eddie mm-hmm. Murphy. Yeah. So that you know, it is laugh out loud funny. Yeah, and there's a lot of folks in this movie. I mean, yeah. the 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 cast is just like left, right, up, and down. Just what heavy D in the opening scene? Mm. You know, it's like <laughs> when I, I didn't Malone, even rem- he's in it I too. didn't remember that. Yeah, the hip hop. So I watched element. it again. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Bones Malone Bones and Malone. Heavy D. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when I when it came on, I just I said, okay, yeah, I gotta watch this again. <laughs> yeah. Heavy, heavy day, my boo. Okay, let me see. Let me see what's going on. But it, it's just, um, yeah. I think this movie was my introduction, introduction to um, introduction. I had some of that for lunch. Um, <laughs> you know what? To uh, Mediterranean food as well. <laughs> to uh, Barry Henley, who played poker, poker face with you know, like with big puffy jowls. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and I've, I've seen him in like yeah. a thousand things before, and I was like, I think this was my introduction to him. And we mentioned it earlier. In a very small role, Guy Tory shows why he's the actor in the family. Hey, hey, he plays his position. Yes. Mm -hmm. He plays it. But everybody does. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a great ensemble. Yes. Yeah, Nick Cassavetes. Yeah. I like myself some Nick Cassavetes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the trustee who you mentioned, I never knew that actor's name. Uh, His name is, and I just had it here, uh, Brent Jennings. Yeah. Hop and Bob. Great character actor. Yes. 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 Uh, and and um, Cornbread is Michael Talaferro. <laughs> oh, okay. my goodness. And you wanted to, I don't want you to forget this. Okay. You wanted to um, shine a little light on Bokeem Woodbine. Yes. Yes. So who <laughs> does? Can't get right. <laughs> oh, Bokeem Woodbine <laughs> is one of, you, you know, I think he came up in that generation of actors, like that early to mid 90s. Yep. Yep. And you saw him in stuff. And I think it was very easy to kind of lump him mm-hmm. with, you know, a lot of crossover with hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, I think he was even in a couple of videos. Mm-hmm. But this is the film where I did notice that Bokeem Woodbine was making choices. Yes. In his roles. And, and you, you know, I, I think. Many of us have it's, it's no secret that Bokeem Woodbine is this wonderful character actor in 2019. But I always start with life, mm-hmm. you, you know, and I, you know, with can't get right. And I'm I'm sure the role was written as you, you know he was going to be mute. But Bokeem Woodbine brings this wonderful off kilter energy to it mm-hmm. that once again. 
playing off of Eddie Murphy and playing off of Martin Lawrence yep. being subtle, which mm. is not something you see from Martin Lawrence a lot. Mm. You get these great scenes, you know, and this, these great relationships. So I, with, with, I know with me, with Bokeem Woodbine, I was never a really big fan of him mm-hmm. as an actor. When I uh, what it was, I saw him in Jason's lyric, and I was like Patui, right? <laughs> then I saw him in another movie. Oh, I can't remember what that was, but I was like, oh, what? Was you know, in too deep. That's it. Is one, it was one of them hippity hoppity yeah, buddy films. Was he in Strapped? Mm-hmm. Was he in Strapped? Yes, too? yeah, yes, he was in Strapped. And I was like, hoi, you know. <laughs> so I was never a fan until. <laughs> what, what, what were you? Hoi. Uh, uh, you gotta stop eating so much dairy. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah, oh, but I digress. <laughs> so he came to alive to me a little bit more. Cut it out. In oh god, my favorite movie, and of course it's, the name escapes me. Was Lorenz it Tate? Too? Lorenz Tate movie about this. You, you just gonna bring that up? Oh, um, po- um not poetic. Not um, it's uh, uh the, the 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 Vietnam movie. Yeah. yeah. The, oh, um, um, oh God, Lord uh, Jesus, Dead Presidents. Yes. So I thought he started coming alive in that film. He's he's good in Dead Presidents. And I yeah, was like, okay. Maybe he's, I he's good in dead presence. I was like, maybe I had That's, you pegged yes, wrong, you know? Yeah. And then life, I was like, well, I'll reap, well, I'll root, well, all right. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I was like, <laughs> let the church say, mm-hmm. yes. So I felt like, okay, because he wasn't talking, right? Right. So, Which Karen was happy about. Yes. And then I was like, because I was still being a little hater. That's terrible. I was still being a little hater because okay. I just was like, well, you know, he did well in Dead Presidents, but can he pull this off? Because, you know, Eddie Murphy <laughs> is the quintessential actor, right, you know? Right, right, So nobody can beat Kang Murphy. Mm-mm. Right, right, right. So he's in the movie, you know, doing his Silence of the Lamb treatment. And I was like, brava. Brava. Right. So, so yeah, but he was... <laughs> But I just thought he, like, he evoked emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, he played a mute, which was uh, also he was, it looked like he may have been um, maybe a little bit, you know. Addle-brained, de- I believe <laughs> is the technical term. You know what? That's, that's the clinical. He was slip, sipping on lean. Yeah. Maybe a little, you know, ADHD, Possibly. Ritalin type of. He's on the spectrum. Yeah. So. Well, I would say when he... All those baseball scenes, I felt like I was watching a league of their own. It just got really weird during that part for me. Right, that was too much. Yeah, I was that like, was you guys are having too much I, fun, right, man. That was too much joy. Yeah, yeah. Like you're all his manager and everything, talking to their. I mean, even though I know to get out, thinking that was his ticket. His to get ticket out. out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do know that, like, for folks that like box out of prison, they have managers, and yeah, there's a, you know, it. It's real. I know it's real. It's just for me to watch that at that time in my life. I was like, this is some bull. Well, it's. It's kind of like you said, and and you know, like you said, I, I think many of us know people who have been in prison. And do we say institutionalized anymore? Like, like, what do we say about people who... In the pen, ain't going to never see the street again. But are more comfortable in the pen. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like, you know, on the one hand, you, you, 
I agree that that you shouldn't give. And they talk about this in the film with Ray's father who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't give up hope. You can't just because you're in here. They can't lock up everything. Right? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there is something a little twisted about how many of us mm-hmm. are forced into Speak this situation where we have to normalize it. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem with and, it. And 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 you I guess you got to you kind of you have to figure out some way to reconcile that because you don't want these men to just sort of be without hope, mm-hmm. without any joy, without anything, but at the other hand understand that this is not natural. Mm-mm. I mean it was a clear picture of the beginning of mass incarceration. Oh, absolutely. And I don't like it, and I don't think it should be glamorized or jokes should be made about it because it's not funny. However, the the I think the the gem in it all was just the transparency of it, and I wish it would have caught on as less of a comedy and more mm-hmm. of a realistic matter that folks mm-hmm. needed to you know, explore and talk about, not that we weren't up in arms, we've been up in arms since we've been here, but it's just like, um, you're not going to glamorize mass incarceration to me. You're not, you're not going to make it a a fuzzy love story to me because you're, you're, you're locking up people who don't need to be locked up. You know, you're holding people over for dumb stuff for life. Um, And I always wondered what it was like to be the white people in this cast, you know, I always wonder that when it comes to like twelve years of slave and all that stuff. Like, I was like, somebody you, need to do a documentary about that. Like, how do, how do you, you come out of that? How do you come out there? Person, you know, as playing, that character. Yeah, like mm-hmm. having to play racist, or, right? Yeah, and be super mean. You know, right? I'm pretty sure Leonardo DiCaprio said he had to, he had to go someplace he didn't get like. deprogrammed yeah. after Django. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And and I'm pretty sure. That I read, I read that Brad Pitt. Um, that was the reason for the character that he chose because he didn't want to go there mm-hmm. in Twelve mm-hmm. Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it 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 it's dicey because I will say I'm thinking back to historically Roots mm-hmm. when Roots is on it, it mm-hmm. debuts on television. One of the most you know controversial um, castings in that was. The actor Brady Bunch. Robert Reed, the mm-hmm. father yes, from the Brady Bunch, yes, right. is the most ridiculously mm-hmm. racist dude. Yeah. I yes. mean, he is—he's whipping black placentas. Mm-hmm. He don't yeah. care, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 he did that, and he took that. He took that on, yeah. man. Um, and there was people like, ooh. and you know, and you know, and you know, you know how we are. You know, if you are really good in the role, it's like. Man, you were mm, just a little that. bit too good. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I am because it took me so long. Who, who know so how to whip long. a whip like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You be whipping. Oh, the, um, Mr. Character, Danny Glover. Do you know how long it took me? Because I was like, if I ever see Danny Glover on the streets, it's on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to beat him like he stole you my bet, wallet. You better leave Danny Glover alone. But that's how good he was in yeah. that movie. Lead the weapon. And mind you, <laughs> when did that movie come out? Like in 1985, 6? Color purple. That's about right. It was the '86. Yeah, so you know, I'm 12 years old, and I'm like, I'm not understanding what is going on here, mm-hmm. man. 
So I'm just like, I, uh, I couldn't separate it. I don't know. That I, being said, I don't think that this movie glamorizes it. I'm with Lynn. Like I said, I think this movie tells the other <laughs> side of the of the story because there 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 are points along the way that it subtly reminds you where we are. They don't want to hit you on the head. They don't mm-hmm. want to ride the quote unquote misery train of right, it. Right, right. Um, but there are points along the way. To that point, though, one of the most you know innovate well not super innovative but one of the coolest ways that they show the passage of time is how they show you know you know slowly over the years the guys die Dying. You, you, yeah. well, you assume they die in prison, fade out right? well, they, well, they fade out you'll notice that they're all all of the actors are wearing old man makeup and that was my point before they die like i think i like the old I, man makeup. I, I like the old man makeup but i think if if you were really going to show that passage of time that some of them should have died along stages of their life. They all look like they basically lived to right. their 70s, <laughs> their 80s. Right. And then, okay, well, then, well, yes, you dropped the hell off. Right, right. But it would have... And, I think and don't nobody get out of prison. Like, I right. did my time. I'm going to die I think, now. I think the, the more telling would have been to see some of them die, you know... All like, of them were old. Well, no. Or just leave. Just no. They're, one they're, of them was. Or or just their their sentences are up. Or maybe like didn't somebody get ten years? Yeah, did somebody like yeah yeah yeah? <laughs> true, true that. But even yeah. if not that, <laughs> if you see somebody like they fade off and maybe they're in their fourth, like they they all look like they were Fred Sanford's bulls. Of course, they did say all of them were murderers. Like that very first no, scene they, when they came I think, in. I think pretty oh, much yeah. everybody there was like for the long haul. Right. right. You know what I mean? So so I'm fine with I'm fine with maybe they all pretty much died out. Right. But you would have thought they would have died out over the years not it looked like they all basically died at the party mm-hmm. right you know what i mean so and then what's also confusing about that in the midst of them dying you then get a flash back in that flash mm-hmm. forward to eddie murphy flying the plane yes so that really messes yeah. with your time yeah. You're like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa wait a right. minute we just saw two people bump off and yeah. they were in old age but now you talking about the plot you just was talking about Right, mm-hmm. seemingly years ago. So it's like, where where are you going with that? Um, so so that's just a, a little subtle, like editing storytelling thing that bothered me a bit. About the okay, movie. it was a good movie. I think I think it was ultimately a good movie. Let me ask you this though. Mm-hmm. Now, this is it, it goes down. This was Eddie. I'm actually shocked by this. Is Eddie Murphy's last R-rated movie? Yeah, saw that. <laughs> Which is crazy. That's because yeah. he's getting that paper with the kids. That's know? right. No, That's oh, fair exactly enough. Yeah, and he fair was enough. having multiple kids. It's that. Mm-hmm. Wow. He needed that paper. Yeah. yeah. He got like wow. 29 kids. Yes. He, he do, yeah. Um, I can and tell you, you know, having watched this movie <laughs> and having watched the, the other movies that are considered like, you know, the the Eddie Murphy, like, you know, his, 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 his tour de farce, you know, his mm-hmm. two, you know, Boomerang mm-hmm. and... Um, all of nights. Mm. <laughs> I would go coming 48 to hours coming to America. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, All of nights is not a good film to, to me. But me either. We're besties. Um, Both of y'all gets on my nerves. I'm sorry. Okay. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I but just saw it in 2017. Hiss and boo. Anyway, hiss and boo. I contend that the, I, I think that life may in fact from an acting standpoint mm-hmm. be Eddie Murphy's best movie. Hmm. hmm. And I definitely think it's Martin Lawrence's. You know what? You might be right. I, 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 I mean, I don't know. The only other thing 
if you argue that he is in Dreamgirls enough, which I think is easy to argue mm-hmm. again, like he's very much a supporting character in Dreamgirls. And then, you know, I'm a Bowfinger dude. Mm. I think he's great in Bowfinger. Yeah, I got to watch that again. Yeah, I think Me he's too. actually great I, I, in And I like Bowfinger. Yeah. But I don't think... I don't think what he does, like, like I said, we talked about that scene with Miguel Nunez, right? Yeah. Um, you could go to there, there's more than a few scenes. There's a scene when when him and Martin Lawrence, they, they're old guys, and they're sitting on the bench, and they're talking mm-hmm. about the upper room, right, right, right. Room, my favorite, which is funny, but it is sad. Mm-hmm. But exactly, yeah, there is the exactly. sadness, and, there's, and he and he conveys that, yeah. He does convey that. Yeah. You go you can go to that scene, you can go to the scene where he does get back his watch mm-hmm. because all mm-hmm. the rage yes. is on his face. That's yeah. my daddy's right watch. There. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I felt oh, that. that scene. So I, yes. I, I think yeah. I think he does better. You know a scene I really, really like, a very kind of small, subtle moment when they're standing on the bottles. I was just thinking about that. And he, and says, he says, you know, I've missed talking to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, I missed you too. Mm-hmm. And it's such a sweet little moment. What he said, mm-hmm. I miss hearing your voice I or I haven't heard your yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah. yeah I miss hearing. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> I, 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 I can't fight you too hard on that. Mm-mm. Like I said, I'm a Bullfinger dude, but. And Bullfinger is showy. Bullfinger is very showy. Bullfinger is very showy. That's what um, Steve Martin, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, like how Anything Summer said. Rules. I know, but the thing is, He's like looking. Summer said with Boomer, I mean with um, life, she fell asleep. I fell asleep on Bowfinger. Yeah, Bowfinger. It's it's a good film, mm-hmm. but it's a weird film. It mm-hmm. it it's got a weird energy. It's got mm-hmm. a weird energy yeah. to it. So I can see if you're not ready for it, right. mm-hmm. you're not in the right setting. It it it'll it'll put you under. And it is a bait and switch. Like it both your pulls you in thinking it's going to be an something. Eddie Murphy movie, right. and it really isn't. And then it's not. Right. As long as you didn't say the golden child. No, no. We're oh, good. no. Thank uh, you. Uh, uh, want I the want knife. the knife. Please. Tia <laughs> Whitfield, I guess from last week, told us um, <laughs> she said that we should maybe hold off on saying that this was his best acting because she liked him in a movie that is now streaming on Netflix, Mr. Church. So <sighs> I actually took the time. Have you seen Mr. Church? I don't want to see Mr. Church <laughs> because it's the same thing with Green Book and the same thing with The Help, which I did see. Mm. And those those movies, like how Summer says she was, you know, burnt out about certain, you know, film mm-hmm. tropes. Uh, tropes. Mm-hmm. This is the trope, like Vince said so eloquently, you know, in the beginning of the show about what the Academy loves, what white men love and white women, too, Mm -hmm. what they uphold, what they are dreaming about. And I'll never forget. um, Oh, God, the comedian. (laughs) One of the old school comedians he wrote for Good Times. um, Oh, God. um, No, he acted on Good Times and then he wrote with Keenan Ivory Wayans raw. Gosh. Keenan Ivory Keenan Ivory Wayans, yeah. He wrote Raw with him. Um, oh, um, Paul... Paul Mooney? Oh, Paul yes. Mooney. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love him. He used to say in his um, stand-up about how... Everybody want to be a nigga, but don't nobody want to be <laughs> yes. a nigga. Yes. But then he also said how that white folks are waiting for slavery that? to come yeah. back. 
He he said white folks are waiting for slavery to come back, and they they'll be like, you come in their house and be like, we left the bed <laughs> <laughs> made up just the way you left it. Welcome home. <laughs> so I'm saying all that to say, these movies to me represent the mind state of certain white people in this country yeah. that black folks are to be indentured, black folks are to be subservient, or also to be in debt to you know to right. them like that. That's mm-hmm. our job. There certain mindsets, not all. Mm-hmm. Certain mindsets is you know we're saving them, or we're ha- we're going to have to be indebted to them by some type of servitude. Okay. And with Mr. Church, it's Looks him. Like it's that same. Yeah, Mr. Church and some kind of, you know, like he's helping out this white household. And as soon as I see that, I'm not interested. That's what happened with me with Green Book. I've heard that there was controversy around Green Book, that the man, um, the driver, and the um, main character, you know, um, the black character, they weren't even friends. He wound up firing them. Right. So there always has to be some kind of play <laughs> mm-hmm. with these movies to showcase, you know, white people really ain't that bad. And you cannot convince me in Jim Crow South and Black Code's, you know, United States that, you know, if white folks were able to um, be empowered through racism, that they were nice you know, under certain circumstances, that's you got to let some stuff manifest in these movies and they refuse to do that. Yeah, I was just talking about that. Like, tell the story for real. Yeah. Like, if you're going to tell the story, tell the real story mm-hmm. or tell more, more of the story. So, or, you know, it's just so safe. People just want to make some cash. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, uh, I have two more people that are not fans of driving Miss Daisy in here. But anyway. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's rewind the tape well, wait and pump the brakes. Well, the reason why I brought up Mr. Church. Yeah, did you watch it? I actually did. I didn't I didn't finish it. Uh-oh. Because, mm. well, well mm. it, it bored me. <laughs> but I watched <laughs> a lot of it. Okay, and. Um, so you want us to watch And Eddie, <clears throat> Murphy, Eddie Murphy is, he's, 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 he's really on Coastville on this one, I think. Mm. I think he's real dialed back and trying. That's what I see in this. Mm. So right. I don't. It definitely is a dramatic role, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't think he was doing anything great mm. in the movie, and I don't think it's that great of a movie. I I agree with you, Karen. Your read on the film, yes, it's it's along those lines, and which is why it was boring me. But um, but I tried to stay with it to see, okay, what's he doing, and. Nothing. He, not, the answer's not, <laughs> not much. Nothing. He ain't doing nothing. Nothing. He ain't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But life. Is doing it all. Yeah. Yeah. So we do. We all agree that this is his finest. Uh, his well, finest well, wakes. We, we always go around. You know, ladies. Would, would you recommend life? I would. I would. I would definitely recommend life. I think you need to see um, Eddie Murphy and comedy prior to what comedy is today, because most comedy movies with a black star, with a black you know ensemble cast, um, the comedy is so different now. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're expected to go because of the name, and most people do, but a lot of people, I'm told, uh, I'm sorry, are telling me that they're disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to throw him under the bus, but I'm Fitna. Oh. Fitna, do And it. his name is Kevin Hart. Oh. And, you know, his movies do not provide any chuckle from me. Um, and I, you know, stop watching any of his movies. And then, like I said, when people go to see his films, they always come back disappointed. 
Mm. And with Eddie Murphy, when Eddie Murphy was on a hot streak, I mean, he was unstoppable. And the great thing about his movies to me is the fact that they translate well within each generation. And okay. I don't find them to be like, oh, I can't believe he said that. Or, you know, mm. oh, we was really, you know, agreeing with that. Like, and I know you guys probably go through that with maybe songs, books and movies where you're like, oh, we really supported that, you know. Right. <laughs> so most of his movies, um, you know, the ones that are major and uh, stapled in the culture really translate well today. All right. To me. All right. Life, Summer, would you life. recommend Life? They got Jodeci on the um, title track, so I'm gonna say <laughs> right. yes to that. Um, no, oh, honestly, yes, I would. I would recommend Life. I would recommend. <laughs> I think that was a tired. That was a tired side. Yes. I okay. Wasn't. All right. I'm working Someone's on. Working I'm for on a living every night yeah, and day. Yeah, yeah. I would say that it. Going back and watching it again, it painted a different picture for me, and it allowed me to respect the movie. It allowed me to um, pick up on the fine acting moments of Eddie and, you know, all the cast, the chemistry like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. I wish there were more movies like this in terms of all black, well, mostly black cast and chemistry mm -hmm. um, versus names, to Karen's point. Um, Eddie was doing his thing. Like you said, he was like fancy, free and fluid in all his comedy because he didn't have that, you know, kind of overarching this is your character kind of thing and he kind of he did his thing so I would say that um, there's a lot of messages in the movie um, great conversation piece mm -hmm. and it felt it did feel good after a while or in certain spots right so um, you know you should watch it you should see it yeah I agree I think it's it's a good movie um, look at some good Eddie Murphy movies, a uh, good Martin Lawrence movie. I think, like I said, I think this is Martin Lawrence's best movie. I contend that if you watch this movie, you do not have to see any other movie that Martin Lawrence is in. And yes, I am including <laughs> Bad Boys 1 and 2. Because, mm. because you don't get beat up when you go outside. His chemistry with Eddie Murphy, I'll put that up against anything he did with Will Smith. No disre disrespect to Will Smith, but he his chemistry with Eddie Murphy, I think, surpasses that i don't know if mm. i agree so um i i and you know oba baba tunde i don't think we gave him a, enough credit oh sure yeah that is that is uh, sure i think he's mm -hmm. one of those guys that's like an actor's actor yeah, he's yep. the glue yeah he's yeah. always the glue always rock solid um this you know if if you miss like everybody else the majesty that is bernie mac yes. this is some good bernie mac for you um anthony anderson you know he's always i i just i really always am Please, when I see Eddie Murphy and Anthony Anderson in a movie, Ned Beatty, um, everybody, Nick Cassavetes, everybody in this movie, uh, it's it's just a really fun piece of fun piece of work um, that is touching in the right moments, funny throughout, and a a good time on the screen. Exactly. Yeah, and we'll go for four for four. It's this is an amazingly well crafted film. I mean, to just add to everything that everyone has said, not only is the cast stellar, not only are the the stars, if you will, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence firing on all cylinders. <laughs> and and again, because it's Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence mm -hmm. plays this this 
almost supporting less flashy role. Right. The joy permeates this thing. I'm 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 sort of crossing my fingers that we see this level of joy in this My Name is Dolomite project that Eddie Murphy is oh, working yeah. on now. For Netflix. For yep. Netflix because you I'm know, excited about that. And I'm I'm hoping it captures this. You you know, again, I think this film does an amazing job threading the needle with it being a comedy in this environment with this kind of storyline. Mm. And for the most part, I think it pulls it off. So and and again, like like just to to parrot you, Lynn, I don't if this is not the last great Eddie Murphy film, it is certainly one of them. Like mm-hmm. I I can't think off the top of my my head an Eddie Murphy film. Right. That you know, I think he's had good performances. You know, certainly again, just to reference Dream Girl again, but mm-hmm. an entire Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. film. I don't know if there was a great one after this. So if if you want to see the master yeah. the last time he was mm-hmm. he was actually exercising his craft, then then yeah, you have to watch life. There you go. Summer Karen yeah. Ladies that love hip hop <laughs> Ladies love hip hop podcast L U V ladies and gentlemen right. if you're looking for it on your love podcatcher you. of choice. Yeah, we're the men who love the ladies who love hip hop. <laughs> How long has that show been going on? Is it? It's been a, over a year, right? Over a yep, year. Over a year, nice. and we start our next season next week. Very nice. nice. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm gonna beat you. Well, now I saw I, I I saw you. You sat down with Lady B, mm-hmm. um, nice. who's a, a legend here in Philadelphia hip hop. And I'm going to let you know right now. I was entirely jealous. I'm like, cause she everybody kept saying it. I was like, but she's so accessible to me. She doesn't answer any of my hails. I've oh. hailed her about four or five times. I'm sorry. She, <laughs> she, 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 I mean, wow. I, so I was mad jealous. I, I wanted to come and sign my book. I got I got the, the hip-hop comic book here that references mm-hmm. her in there. I wanted her to come and sign it. So, But that was a great episode. So I'm, I'm curious. Like, she's on my bucket list. I have mm-hmm. to imagine she was on your hip-hop oh, bucket yeah. list. Mm-hmm. I, felt, I actually felt like with that interview... I really did. I felt like that was a zenith moment in I'm our sure. podcasting. I'm sure. Because my thing is, every time I talk about it, it's basically the fact that she was the, you know, the person that got this started, yeah, you know, and especially in Philadelphia. And she, you know, helped people's careers. So, like, you're dealing with the person that is the story behind the story behind the story. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She got stories. Yeah, I'm sure she does. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she does. Sure. So, what do y'all got planned for for the next season? Well, you know, we never like to tell, but <laughs> I can say that we have some very top tier, world famous DJs mm, on the right. list um, and MCs. Yes, that are um, interested in our podcast. Well, why would like, Well, you know, we're still growing, and we appreciate when folks really know who we are. Mm-hmm. So to to know who we are is one thing, but to want to be on the show is another thing. That's true. That's so true. Um, we're just really excited about the connections that we've been making. And, you know, I'm looking forward to planning out an even better year this year. Um, and just, you know, getting more people involved in what we're doing because it's fun. 
So if people want to listen to the Ladies Love Hip Hop podcast, uh, I know it's on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, um, iTunes, and you can see our lovely faces on the YouTube. Yes, right. Ladies Love, um, one word, L U V, and then Hip Hop, one word, on YouTube. Oh, cool! For, All right, so you can see our Bahamadia interview, our nice. um, Tracy Lee, Lady B. All of that. Oh, mm-hmm. and of course you're on Instagram as well. Yes, yes, we love oh, I cutting up. Yes, cutting up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Mostly you, Karen. Thank you. I'm glad you know it's her. No. So uh, thanks so for thank having you. us. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. yes. Thank you for having yeah, us. Absolutely. Always. All right, before we tell you what's happening next uh, week, ladies and gentlemen, we invite you all to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All at one word. One word, it's at Me Show Mission. And Me Show is spelled M I C H E A U X M I S S I O N. You can also join the Facebook group, Me Show Mission, where we have a lot of fun. Email all of your thoughts and concerns to Me Show Mission at gmail.com. And if you want to help a podcast on the podcatcher of your choice, and especially if it's iTunes, go in and leave us a ranking and a rating because that helps people find our show. The show is also available as a radio show in a very edited format on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM Philly Cam People Power Media here in Philadelphia and in Camden and you can spend your Monday mornings with Michelle every Monday at 9 a.m. on 91.7 WKDU FM The Voice of Drexel University Mm -hmm. Yes sir All right. (laughs) Next (laughs) month is Woman History Month. So, the women folk. I thought that it's only fair that we kick it off with not one, but two legendary women in history. Mm. So, next week, Vince, we will go back to your favorite era, the 70s. Oh, all right. What are we doing? Well, we're going to take a walk with. Scatman Crothers. Okay. You know, I know you like some Scatman Crothers. I do Crothers. like Scatman Crothers. James Callahan. Okay. All right. Richard Pryor. Ooh. Pam Greer movie. And we're going to <laughs> sit right behind Billy D. Uh, Williams. Ooh. As we lady sit sings the and watch Diana Ross. Wow. Portray Billy Holiday. Wow. Lady sings and Lady Sings the Blues. You classic. That is a classic. You're gonna let my arm fall let off. My arm fall off. Go to hell. Oh, she didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh she man. That William D. Williams. <laughs> is that his name? <laughs> Probably is. I mean <laughs> Billy, I guess. I guess it would be William. Yeah. I yeah. guess it is William D. I never I, I never thought of that. Until this exact second. <laughs> That man's Are name is William D. Williams. <laughs> I never thought but of that. But you know, people do name cool. their Cheerins Bill and Billy. So, William Very D. Williams. Very nice. Yeah, so that is what's coming next week. Nice. I thought you would like that. I, I, I do like that. Yeah. I do like that. All right. All Good right. morning, heartache. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> hey, I guess that's, that, that, that's about it. That is about it. So, he's Vince. I'm Len, and in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.
Now it's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.